0: Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.
1: Hello, I'm Scott Sachman. And I'm Evan Novi Williams, and this is the Sportacast.
0: Evan, it is almost. Super Bowl Sunday, the old man, Tom Brady, the young gun, Patrick Mahomes. And you wonder, where is the NFL But going into this big game? I think we can easily, succinctly, tersely (laughs) sum up the NFL. The brand is strong. You hear a lot about struggling leagues and TV ratings. The brand, the shield is strong.
1: Yeah. And we can talk about some of the reasons why we're talking about so strong. First of all, new media accords on the way coming. We both expect those to be pretty significant, you know, a big increase over what they're getting right now, but also sponsorship. The IEG just put out recent numbers about the NFL's billion dollars, $1.6 billion in this past season, in sponsorships, it's about 10% of overall revenue, just for that reference. But it's pretty clear, Scott, that you know even during a pandemic, brands want to be associated with the biggest entertainment property in the U.S.
0: Yeah, you said it. While it's only 10% of revenue, media is the driver. You have your gate and all that. We know that. But it is a nice temperature taker to see the health of a league when all these other brands want to align themselves with yours. And the NFL, to no surprise, leads the big four, basketball second, baseball, then hockey, uh, aided by things like the $55 million spend in Vegas for Allegiant Stadium, SoFi in L.A., uh, betting, of course, my favorite, the Align, you know, the like the official tooth straightener. Uh, everybody wants to be the official tooth straightening of the NFL. Um, and that, that's where we stand. They're taking in healthy money up over a year ago. And one of the league officials did say— That even in the pandemic, and this may be just uh, terminology, but they're not giving any make goods, right? There are some accommodations being made. What we're seeing across the industry is longtime partners are doing things like extending a deal with no more money, one more year on a deal at either the same rate or no extra money that's the kind of things we're seeing. And the NFL of course does new deals. Like Postmates is a new deal, you're getting all sorts of new advertisers, new partners, and they're capitalizing they they want to do business with the NFL.
1: So let's let's unpack some of this because you know, you mentioned the two new stadiums, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, SoFi Stadium in LA. It's not every year, and it may never happen again that the NFL is debuting two, you know, one plus billion dollar, in some cases, multi billion dollar stadiums at once. Those are commercial juggernauts in a lot of ways. How much do we read into these numbers that, oh, the 10% boost is because the NFL? Brit large is doing really well. And how much do we read into these numbers that, Oh, they just, you know, two, one team moved to to Vegas, a big commercial area. Another team opened a $4 billion stadium in LA. Obviously the, the, the sponsorship and partner money is going to go up just because those two things are happening.
0: Yeah. I don't think you want to part and parcel. They're all part of the same package. The fact that they're affiliated with the NFL. And I just love the fact that of course, the SoFi CEO is Anthony Noto, a former CFO of the NFL was at Goldman Sachs before that. Um, lots of ties between Goldman and the NFL, but they're still doing business together. But more than anything, I've been and you know, this, and most people know this, that the strength of the sports leagues on the balance sheets is going to come from the The media and the NFL is negotiating the new ones. Now, will Amazon be a streamer? Will they get an exclusive package? Who's in, who's out? Most are expecting the incumbents, at least on the linear side to stay put with maybe a little change on Thursday night. Like, how, does Thursday night go all streaming? What does uh, Disney, ABC, ESPN, where do they put it? So uh, that remains to be seen. But what we're hearing is, what, at least 2x plus on, on these media deals. And for good reason, like 15.6 million viewers was the regular season average across TV and digital. Of course, TV is makes up the lion's share that. Yes, that is down 7%. I'm stealing all your stats and I hope it's killing you. Yes, it's down 7%. But if you look at the TV overall, TV viewership overall, that ain't nothing. The, you know, all the sports leagues, all the prime time, all the scripted, they would sign up for a 7% dip right now. And then we look forward and we say, our leagues, our teams, our companies getting intrinsically better at learning how to monetize each eyeball? And the answer is yes because of the data. It's always about the data.
1: Yeah. We started this podcast, Scott, talking about the NFL's $1.6 billion in sponsorship money. Well, it makes about 10 billion from its media partners right now, just to show how different uh, those two buckets are. Even I can do the math on that one. (laughs) Bigger. Yeah. Um, And one of the things we've talked a lot about the NFL, you know, been a story for a while. We did a whole podcast on streaming a couple of weeks ago some big news at one of the NFL streaming partners, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos stepping down from his role as day-to-day CEO, that, going to become the This is my clapping chairman. segue by
0: the way. This is me clapping for your segue. <laughs> well you. done, Nobi Williams. You.
1: The new CEO, Andy Jassy, he's got some sports ties, Scott. He's a he's a part owner of the NHL Seattle Kraken. Uh he's clearly a sports fan, that's been clearly documented o- over the years. What do you think this transition means? for for Amazon's sports aspirations, and I guess most specifically because they're having these talks now, what it means for their NFL deal and what their next NFL deal may look like.
0: I'm going to say something bold. May I say something bold? We love bold. That, that looking forward to where the world is going and to where sports leagues and teams want to be, I'm not sure there will be a more important tie-up for a sports league than the NFL and Amazon. How about that? Mm. You like that? Bold. Bold from a data collection standpoint, from a tech standpoint, from uh, he's coming from Amazon Web Services and other teams and other leagues utilize that. I mean, even Steve Ballmer, a former Microsoft guy, um, in a deal with the Clippers went with AWS. So there are a lot of things that these two can do together. And I don't think it's happenstance that uh, Andy Jassy he appeared with Roger Goodell right after the announcement. <laughs> so of. that they were talking about data and tech and insights into health and safety—all the things that are going to propel the the fan experience and the business experience of sports leagues in the future.
1: So right now, Amazon is is the thir- the streaming partner for NFL Thursday nights. They have, I believe, one exclusive game one uh, this exclusive. past season. It was a Saturday game. What are we expecting in the in this next round? Let's say Amazon, you know, re-ups and expands its relationship. Do they stay on Thursday night? Are they able to carve out a little bit more exclusive? And then maybe the biggest question: Sunday ticket right now with Directv seems you know very possible that at least part of that is going to end up with a streaming service: Apple, Amazon, you know, ESPN Plus, something in that range. Do we think Amazon ends up there as well?
0: I do. Uh, I'm a believer that Amazon will carve out exclusivity because that's where the great value is and use this. You're still in that testing phase. You're not paying what the linears will right now. It's not nothing, but you're certainly not where the linear networks are in terms of rights fees. And of course, there's, ex, there's usually an extra comma for uh, for exclusivity. But there's so much testing that needs to be done. There's a reason why Amazon uh, purchased a piece of the S yes network. You know, this this is about reaching customers, setting up retail as well, retail walls, uh, data collection, knowing the customers better, how can we utilize the data to better sell in the core business? Um, I, I fully expect that they will carve out some sort of increased uh, exclusivity package as well, by the way, uh, it, with, with sports betting coming, we see how we can we can utilize that across all the platforms. Um, y- yeah, it, it to me, it makes too much sense for Amazon and the NFL, if they really hope to achieve a certain level, I believe the only way for them to get that, whatever the X is going to be that they want will be to give a streaming service, some sort of exclusivity.
1: I would agree with that by the way, and in, in, in jotting down some notes on Amazon, I had to write these down because they were, they were so amazing to me. Amazon had a $125 billion quarter, last quarter that is, well, I can, I can tell you I know that package big, shows up obviously. at my house every day. It is, that is a stunning number. It's worth over $1.6 They have over a million employees. The, the numbers on just how big Amazon is uh, will never cease to amaze me.
0: Yeah. Jeff Bezos has built an amazing product. And how about, by the way, since we're talking Amazon and the NFL, Bezos, is he going to own an NFL team?
1: It's a great question. I mean, it, it doesn't, it wouldn't shock me. He's, you know, we we talk about how how few people there are that have the liquidity to buy these really expensive sports assets. Jeff Bezos is definitively one of those people that has, uh, has the money. Um, so yeah, I would, it wouldn't shock me uh, at all. You, know, you mentioned Balmer earlier, another tech executive who, you know, jumped at the chance when, when the Clippers came on sale to, uh, uh to, to invest in an NBA team, I uh, would not, you know, he, Bezos has a lot of Washington DC, uh, properties, including the Washington post is, you know, would the Washington Football Team be be something that might be uh, in his future? He can have he can have forty
0: percent uh, of it right now. There you go. Yeah, but I don't. Th- I, I don't, don't, don't think Jeff that's Bezos enough. doesn't strike me as a forty percent uh, uh, holder w- without uh, say in operations. That doesn't strike me as his, how he does business. Agreed. Don't and forget, he- by the way, the don't forget near Seattle. You know, the, the, we might have you know, the Seattle Seahawks, right? And maybe the Paul Allen Trust, perhaps getting getting rid of that team. Uh, I, I would expect. Leagues have potential prospective owners on the runway all the time. This is one of those, you know, when you hear about like one jet being bumped for the other, like somebody goes to number one, something tells me if there's a list in order right now of jets on the runway, I'm taking Air Bezos in in the one spot.
1: So Jeff, if you're out there listening to the Sportacast uh, with your newfound free time, we would love to chat with you about your NFL ownership aspirations.
0: Absolutely, and what I want to talk to you about—good segue. Uh, good news, bad news for EA, right? Uh, I, good news and bad news. You, you want the good news or do you want the bad news? You and want to give deliver me which the one?
1: good news first. I know what they are, but go for it.
0: Right. The good news is that the college football product, the game that they used to have that uh, disappeared in what 2014, because. Ed O'Badden made us think about players not getting paid for their, their name, image, and likeness. Good for you, Ed. It's not his uh, fault. A little it's not his yeah. yeah. The game's <laughs> coming back. The game is coming back. But outside of that, that quick headline, the game is coming back. You need to look deeper, right, Evan, And see what are the details. The game is coming back at some point. They do have an agreement to use the marks of universities and teams. Still, what they do not have is the right to use individual players. So. The question that remains is, what's the affinity for a game where I can have Clemson playing against Notre Dame or USC or Alabama, but what I cannot do is say, oh, hike to Trevor Lawrence, and he's the guy throwing the ball?
1: Clearly, EA Sports looked at that calculus and said, there is still enough value in here just with with teams, at least at the start, that we're willing to reboot this franchise. And it certainly seems clear. And it, it certainly seems like it's trending that way that at some point in the future, they, they may be able to use athlete name image and likeness as well. Probably not at the beginning, but they clearly felt as though, you know, there, there's enough value, enough equity, brand equity in these, in these teams that if we just have random name and, you know, look players, there's still going to be value, and and there's there's some obviously some evidence there. You know, I have plenty of friends who played this game in Dynasty mode for for years, and you know, once you pass over whatever the first couple rounds or years of athletes were, you're automatically getting into to, to generated names and randomly generated skill sets. So there there is clearly an allure in this game of taking a program, recruiting high quote unquote, high school students, adding new recruits, transfers, et cetera, building a dynasty around a a school that is going to have some value. You and
0: I have talked about this before, the the value of the brand of the school versus the athlete. There's a different calculation for a professional team. Whereas people are rooting for players. Like it's, I couldn't play an NFL game if it wasn't Russell Wilson. I, I need to have that in college. However, really the affinity, the draw for the fan is to root for the alma mater, to root for the school where you are, sit in the student section. The loyalty is to the colors, to the uniform colors, to that logo, to the brand. Not so much because the players change every four years, and I I get it. So I've always said, and you uh, you and I have had this debate in, in the office setting before, if Notre Dame played Alabama on a neutral field that nobody knew about, you know, no names on the jerseys. Maybe it wasn't even the real players, but the cameras were there to show it. They would draw plenty of eyeballs because people want to see Notre Dame play Alabama. It's not so much about the individual player. It is about the bigger picture. And in college sports, that's the school, the brand, the logo.
1: And on the topic of, of, individual player licenses. I, I've seen a lot of people maybe make wrong assumptions here. So I kind of want to clear the air a little bit just because the NCAA appears to be kind of on the verge of letting athletes market themselves. That does not mean that those changes will mean that they will be allowed to be in this video game. You know, the the, the proposals that were on the table in January that the NCAA kind of at the last minute yanked and said they wanted to kind of discuss a little bit more, those would not have allowed for group licensing. And without group licensing, this game doesn't happen with Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow and all those people. So, you know, from what I understand, I think Cory Booker's uh, federal legislation is the only one on the table that allows for group licensing. There is certainly a future in which athletes, maybe even at the next school year, are able to do these deals with, you know, local car companies and with Nike and Adidas. But that does not mean that they're going to end up in this game anytime soon because you need that group license. EA is not going to go to 1500 uh, 1, individual college students to get their permission for use in this game. It's just not the way, you know, it's, it's a tremendous amount of work and it's not going to happen. So not only do NAL legislation, not only does that need to change, but we need to have a framework in place for group licensing to happen for this game to exist in the, in the same way that it does for Madden.
0: And I think, you know, uh, that the entities and there are more than one, but the entities out there that are perhaps looking to represent these athletes in this, these endeavors are also keenly aware that the value is in the group license, that yes. they need to be able to get all, all the athletes together to do things like video games, because uh, if you just look at the pro sports model, that's where the big bucks come from. And
1: one last thing to, t- to mention on this, Scott, before we m- move on, another thing that made- Oh, oh we, count- we
0: didn't get to the bad news yet. We can't move on yet. Uh, okay. you, you can finish, so but I still have to the One last thing on news.
1: the quote-unquote good news, when er- earlier iterations of this game, you know, they had- players that were obviously quote unquote random, but were made to clearly look like the the players who were actually at those teams, people kind of offline from the game created these rosters, created these players, and you were able to upload them into the game. So you could even add names and things like that uh, by updating the roster. Everyone seems to be very curious about whether EA will allow that in the future, right, and, and there right. seems to be some legal gray area. Could could EA be in trouble if it if it openly allows and maybe even sells more games with the implicit assumption that you're going to be able to update the roster on your own to look identical to the team that your college team is fielding at the time? Uh, there's going to be some interesting questions and some some interesting answers coming from EA about that specifically.
0: About a year ago at this time, Evan, what would we have done? sitting next to each other at our old offices, I would have turned to you and said, you know, I really wonder what Mike McCann would say about this, right? Exactly. I'd have to wait for Mike McCann to publish on another. Now, you know what? He works with us. Now I pick up the phone and say, hey, Mike, what's the answer? It's fantastic. So when we do expand this, the uh, Sportico, uh, the Sporticast podcast network, of course, Mike will be doing sports law, uh, having some great discussions, but it, it really is great for us to be able to have that resource. We just pick up the phone. Hey, Mike, you tell me what I need to know so I can tell the world and they think I'm really smart. But (laughs) the bad news was for everything we just said about the game, the bad news for EA, it fell almost 7%, you know, in trading uh, right after that announcement because fourth quarter missed profit estimates. So, I mean, they missed now, but maybe news of the game or looking ahead, Maybe profit goes back up. They
1: broke the internet, Scott, but it was not enough to save the stock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not on that day anyway. All right, now give me, you mentioned, you mentioned some other companies before, but give me the Under Armour. We'll close it up with still some NFL related news. Give me some Under, Under, Under Armour news.
1: Yeah, so Under Armour is, is ending its relationship, you know, its contract with the NFL, you know, part of a much wider story that we've seen over the past maybe two years of Under Armour, you know, in its, you know, massive overhaul of its business, is scaling back the money that it spends with the pro sports leagues and the big colleges. The, maybe the highest profile example of this, you know, Under Armour during the pandemic. Told both University of California, Los Angeles (UCLA) and Cal Berkeley that it was ending its its long-term, very expensive partnerships with both those schools um, because of you know con- contract specifics about the uh, about the pandemic. Under Armour also negotiated an exit to its University of Cincinnati deal, so it's it's pretty clear that Under Armour is shifting its marketing priorities. It's going to be less big-time leagues, big-time colleges, and more building around. Humans, stars as they've done with Steph Curry and the rock. Um, but yes, Tom Brady, big Under Armour endorser always wears Under Armour gloves, Under Armour shoes. From what I understand, when this deal disappears, those gloves are no longer going to be able to be Under Armour. It's not going to be something that's allowed to be on the field on players during game day.
0: Yeah. So that changes the calculus for a player doing a deal and a company doing a deal. Like if I can't get that visibility, if I'm Tom Brady and I'm giving the high five with my wristband, the UA Lego is not there. You know, there's very little value there for the company or me. So we do have a bunch of reevaluation going on there. And, you know, nothing bothers me more than you know, being up late uh, watching TV and I see something you know, across Twitter or breaking news. So, but this was a good job by Sarah Germano over the Financial Times. You know, I saw it on Twitter and I sent it to you right away. Um, she, she was first with the story. And, and it's just interesting to follow what, what Under Armour's you know, moving on with Patrick Frisk. Um, after Kevin Plank, you know, he went into the sort of the tech wearables. And so we're moving away from that, They're kind of reinventing the business altogether. and step, step one or two, whatever we say, or three is to sort of unwind these awfully expensive contracts.
1: Yeah. Another one that just jumped to my mind that I should have mentioned. Remember back in 2019, uh, Under Armour had a 10 year deal in place to be the official Jersey supplier of major league baseball. And the deal MLB, never yeah. started. It, it went over to, to Nike about, you know, six or seven months later. So no question, yeah, and, and I think there's there's some truth to that. It's certainly if you talk to to Patrick Frisk, who's who's mentioned this, and so has Kevin Plank before him, Under Armour really feels as though it gets its ROI, its bang for the buck, marketing wise, through people like Steph Curry. I mean, if you just look at. Social the media Rock. following, right? The Rock probably has, and I don't know the number, but I'm going to guess he's 20 times the social media following of, of of Under Armour. LeBron has more followers than the Lakers do, right? There, there is there's equity in these athletes um, more so than the companies that employ them, and Under Armour is trying to tap into that.
0: All right. I don't want any emails or calls from Cora Veltman, social director. So you can find it on Twitter this, at Sporticast, Just straight at Sporticast. And give me your handle again. You know how much I hate doing this. Category. I am
1: Novi underscore Williams. Ugh, ugh, awful.
0: I am at Soshnik. You are listening to The Sportacast, the flagship program in what will be the Sportico Podcast Network. As always, find us wherever you do your download.